Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Brad, we are back on the weekend. I'm going to go on vacation. So unless something crazy happens, I don't think <laughs> we're going to record, but I'm going to bring my microphone anyways, just in case go. we need it. Uh, so but, you mean when Buster Posey announces he's coming out of retirement, <laughs> then you're ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, that I think that that might break giant internet if that were to happen. I, I, I think so. Yeah. Poor Joey Bart. Porter. He would be sad. I mean, he's doing so well to start his his uh, his starter career. Yeah. Uh, and so we uh, so this will be our, our, our show for the week uh, unless something crazy happens and we do like an emergency podcast. Uh, but I just want to before we get into our show, I want to mention. So you, you can kind of close your eyes with this one, Brad, but. <laughs> We launched the Red and Gold Standard podcast. The audio version is in our new BSPN Bay Area Sports Podcasting Network feed. Matt, I think it's like look at the look at all the L's in in Matt's last name. That's Llewellyn. That's Llewellyn. 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 Yeah, yeah. I've seen and, that before. And Zach Hernandez. Lots of L's and. N's and Y's. <laughs> uh, Zach Hernandez uh, as well. He's kind of the guy who runs the 49ers Hive. So uh, great to be working with these guys. Uh, they already have their first episode, which it, we, it was a little bit delayed on our end. I think they recorded Monday and we didn't get it up until Thursday, but it is in the feed now in our podcast feed. Audio only, so they won't be on the YouTube channel if you are watching us on YouTube. Uh, and then tonight, after game one of the 2020 playoffs for the Warriors. We are introducing the death lineup. People remember hot take Bry. Yes. And he is, uh, he's, he's joining me on episode one and we're, we're going to have a mix of characters uh, on that show, but we'll, we'll, we'll be up uh, probably about an hour and a half after the end of the game. And, uh, and we'll be, we'll, we'll be talking about Warriors. So that will also be in, in this podcast feed. The death lineup talking about the Warriors will try to record uh, a couple of times a week, I hope. But with me being on vacation, I may just have to have Hot Take Bry <laughs> lead the way with episode two during the week. Because the Warriors play Saturday, so they play tonight. They play Monday, and then they play Thursday, I believe. So that is, and, that, that, that's for... And then I'll, I'll be back on Sunday to do anything that, that is necessary. Okay, they play they play Denver in the first Denver. round, correct? And tough Nuggets. matchup. If Steph Curry is healthy, 
I think they'll be okay. I mean, you know, Denver has the MVP and Nikola Jokic, so it's always yeah. going to be tough with him, but their cast of characters, the surrounding characters uh, for, for Jokic is not fantastic because right. two of the best players are injured. So, all right, so let's hit the intro music, then we'll be back with the meat of the show. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over! 27 years of waiting have pumped on in. All right, Brad. So you were at Fres the the Fresno game, Sacramento right. Sacramento uh, River Cats were in town. Why do I want to call them the Grizzlies? I, <laughs> because because for so many years in our youth and our growing up, uh, well, very early on they were the Phoenix Firebirds. Yes, I mean, that that was our AAA team, right? Mm. Uh, and then they moved to Fresno and became the Fresno Grizz- Grizzlies for a very long time, uh, and they've only been in Sacramento. I'm probably going to blow this up. Seven years? Eight yeah, years? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's probably been longer than that, but, you know, time passes so oddly when you're old and have teenagers <laughs> and you don't yeah. know what's going on half the time. So Speaking speaking of the family here. <laughs> there we go. The family to the game. Yeah. Y'all were decked out. I love the San Jose State sweatshirt <laughs> in the midst of uh, uh, of the Giants gear there. Yeah, that's the youngin. She uh, she likes to wear my sweatshirts to school because uh, the style is oversized sweatshirts at that age. So wow. um, they often raid my closet. The other night, the other day, um, the older one wore my very oversized Van Halen sweatshirt to school. So that was pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but yeah, we had a great time. I mean, the weather was uh, was was Reno Spring, which it is. It is uh, one day it could be 80 and, and two days later it could be 42. And I think by the time the sun went down, it was about 50 degrees, but with the wind blowing it felt like in the mid forties, um, it was cold, but, uh, but you know, there, there were probably, I'd say there were probably about three or 4,000 people there. Um, pretty good for, you know, triple a game. Um, and a lot of Giants fans, of course. And then behind us, we had a row of Dodger fans Uh-oh. that that all they wanted to do was see the Aces <laughs> win. Um, you know, which is odd because when I go to Aces games and, and Sacramento's not in town, I'm an Aces fan because that's yes. our local team. We support yes. them. Um, so, so yeah, overall, it was a great game. Uh, Unior Marte came in to close it out. The Giants, or the uh, Rivercats had a 2 nothing lead in the eighth. And uh, he then gave up a, a walk and a bomb, and then we're tied 2-2. And then Sacramento, Vossler led off with a triple. Um, then he scored on a wild pitch, and, and then we got a solo shot. So then, then, then the Rivercats are up 4-2. Then Marte comes back in and gets two quick outs. I go, oh, they're going to let him close this game out. Solo shot. Now it's four <laughs> three River Cats, and uh, uh, they brought in. Oh, I texted you who they brought in, but but it's not anybody I recognize. Lu- I'm Joey thinking. Joey Luciano. Uh, yes, correct, Joey Luciano, and and I was expecting, you know, at that point, and I hadn't looked to see if these guys had pitched, uh, you know, the last couple of days, but Kervin Castro or um, uh. uh Santos. I was looking to see one of those two guys coming to close it out because I thought, let's get this. You know, it's it's, it's cold. It's now uh, you know eight forty five, almost nine o'clock at night. Let let's close this thing out. Let's mm-hmm. not go to extras. Um, so I think he gave up a uh, 
a double and then balked the runner to third. And I'm thinking, <laughs> we've got two outs. Come on, man. Then a deep fly ball to the warning track and uh, Aces Ballpark, which is now called Greater Nevada Field. People forget we're about 3,500, 4,000 feet up. Um, no, actually, we're, I think we're higher than that. We might be around four, four, forty-five hundred at that area. Um, so the ball travels well. We're at a higher altitude. It's dry. It was a very windy night. The wind was blowing out. So left center field is about four ten. By the way, right. I screwed yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. Joey Marciano, not Marcia. Luciano. Yeah, was, you can only have one bad. Luciano in your organization. <laughs> <laughs> and when he's your top prospect, you can't have any others. Yes, <laughs> you don't want to confuse yes. that. Um, right center field is four twenty four, uh, and so it's it's a big yard, but it plays like just a regular yard because of how high it is and how much wind we have and how dry it is, especially during the summer. We're like seven percent humidity, so the ball flies at this ballpark. So the last uh, batter of the game hit one deep to left center field and it was caught on the track at probably like 415, 417, mm. any other ballpark and that ball is gone. But yeah. uh, so, and that ended the game. So the river cats won four to three. Um, the amazing Tyler was there. So if you've ever been to minor league games, it's so fun. The amazing Tyler was there. He balances things on his face. He balanced like a 10 foot ladder on his chin. Uh, he was going around to different sections and saying, Hey, give me your beer. And then give me your water bottle. And he put the water bottle on his chin and the beer on top of it. And he would balance it. I mean, it was fun. You know, it's minor league baseball. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and, and we're going back next weekend because the young one that you saw there in the San Jose state sweatshirt, her choir next Saturday is going to be singing the national anthem. So we're going to that. Oh, game. wow. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah. It's going to be pretty fun. Uh, okay. So, uh, show a couple other photos that, that yeah. you took from the game. So nice little scenery here. Yeah. You, you see, see those you, dark clouds kind of getting up there. Right. You see Circus Circus over there in the far <laughs> right. If you've ever been to Reno, you probably lost money at the Circus you, Circus. You know how, yeah. many, how much time I spent at Circus Circus as a child. <laughs> I, I, I could imagine. And then when you came up here for your basketball tournaments for your boys, yeah. I mean, you guys kind of stayed in that area too. Yeah. And you got Harris off there to the left. So really, I didn't take any pictures of when the sun goes down. I'm, I'm sure the kids did, but you get all the, you know, casino lights and everything. So, so it was fun, but you could see uh, people in the crowd. It was cold. It was a chilly night. And you wanted to show. Yeah. The height of one <laughs> Sean jelly there. Just looking like a basketball player amongst some baseball players there. Yeah. As soon as they walked out of the bullpen at the beginning of the game, the, the, these are the starters. They started heading towards the dugout. And I was like, oh, my God, that's <laughs> there's Sean Jelly and there's his dirty mustache. But, but there he is. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's talk about, you know, it's what. Every, all what everyone's talking about, which is these unwritten rules. Hmm. So we recorded Tuesday night, right? And which bled into the, the game Tuesday night, and I uh, I didn't check in to the game until late. And this is how, this is how this is how long this game was. So my DVR is it's a Hulu DVR, so it's pretty smart, right? It mm -hmm. knows it's like I'm just not recording. A specific time i'm just recording the whole thing and it, this even outlasted the hulu dvr i got cut off in the seventh <laughs> inning that's oh, how no. long this game was <laughs> so uh we were all texting sort of back and forth i didn't even know really any of the craziness the giants take a giant lead you darvish did not pitch well you you nope. nicely re, uh 
called it on our show that, you know, he, he's he's going to dominate and then reverse jinx them. And boom, <laughs> we got to him. So go. it, it's it's eight to one. Giants are, are, you know, just doing everything correctly offensively. And Steven Duggar steals second base. This is the second inning of the game. And uh, that kind of frustrated Los Padres there. So much so that their their bench coach uh, yelled at uh, the team, you know, very frustrated. You saw Matt Williams's eyeballs bulging out of his head <laughs> sitting there in the dugout. He was none too happy. And so at some point in between maybe the second or the third inning, I believe, uh, Mike Schilt came over to the Giants dugout. And according to Andrew Baggerly, he believes that Schilt was actually looking for Alex Wood because they they have a history together going back to, I believe, like to Wood's uh, teenage years or something like that. And so Giants first base coach Antoine Richardson said, you know, excuse me, can I help you? And I'm sure he knew. You know, this this wasn't going to be a nice conversation. Yeah, yeah. He, his, his assumption was that Schilt was not happy about the stolen base, and he's right. staring into the dugout. Right. And so they have a little bit of a conversation. Kapler comes out to, to protect his guy. And uh, Richardson gets run from this conversation. And supposedly, Schilt told Kapler, you need to control this MF. And so that really upset the Giants. Now, after the game, Richardson called a press conference, or the Giants called a press conference so he could sort of talk about the situation. And he thought that there were some uh, racial undertones to to the language. He did not call Schilt a, a racist in any way, but he right. said the language used in this situation had racist undertones. And Lamont Wade Jr. said it was the word control. Uh, that that was the the trigger word in that situation. So uh, the next day they they had a little hubbub and they they sort of explained it out. But it was so interesting to me because it seemed like the reason for this little semi press conference interview on the field was to maybe take some pressure off of Schilt rather than for him to say. Hey guys, I was way off. I completely get why this was frustrating for Richardson. He unfairly got run when I was the one that said this stuff and I didn't get kicked out of the game. And I you know, the, the, this is a hard conversation to have because we were not there. You only can can base it off of what was reported. But it was almost like Richardson had to be a little bit apologetic for his words that night, which was his feeling which I believe the, is, is the Giants' feeling uh, on the situation. You know, like Lamont Wade backed him up, and you know Kapler backed him up. I don't know. Did that the way that that was handled rub you the wrong way at all? You know, I <clears throat> I don't know. When, when when I saw them do you know on the field talking it out and hugging, I thought, oh, cool. You know, it, it's over. They talked about it. It's all good. But then the press conference, I, I yeah, it. it I, I do agree with you that it kind of seemed a little bit more like, hey, let's not pile on chilt yeah. at, at this point. Let's uh let's just say here here's what happened. I like that they clarified exactly what happened. Um and like uh Kapler said too, you know, uh, he's one hundred 
percent behind Richardson. If that's how Richardson felt at the moment, then he is one hundred percent behind him and validating that, uh, which I agree with too. Because again, I, I've never been in that situation. I can only have compassion. I can only listen and understand. Um, that, that's my job as a human being to, mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to do that for everybody else. And that's, I think everybody else's job as a human being as well yeah. to, to listen, be compassionate. Um, we do, we do react, uh, sometimes, um, you know, fiery, especially, I mean, you're, you're in a, you're in a baseball game, you're on the field and you're, you're reacting to things, uh, that are happening in the heat of competition. Um, and I 100% agree that that Schilt also is is not a racist and didn't and didn't mean it you know racially. I, he probably meant it more as, you know, Kapler, you're the manager, um, and and this guy's yelling at me. Do something about it. But yeah. uh, but but again, <laughs> you don't have to go about it that way. You can, you can speak to the guy who's standing right in front of you, um, and, and, you know, and have words with him. Um, but 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 yeah, I thought. I mean, the the press conference. Um, I thought I thought it could have been Schilt a little bit more, saying, "Look, I you know, it, it was stupid what happened for for him to get thrown out of the game for me getting fiery and using some words that was dumb. That should not have happened." And I and I, I was kind of hoping a little bit more that they were kind of take some shots at MLB and say, "What are the umpires doing?" I mean, it would, yeah. You know, because again, the umpire statement that came out afterwards was pretty much, um, you know, we didn't know what was going on. We saw, uh, you know, coach come out and we asked him to get back and he didn't. And, and, and we threw him out. Well, again, you said you didn't know what was going on. Yes. And, Stop and, and get some information because of the way that they handle stuff like this. The umpires would not discuss kicking him out of the game. Right. You had to go to the MLB to get that information and Baggerly did. And the MLB basically said it was because Richardson kind of walked towards the confrontation again, which is the reason why he got kicked out. Yeah. But, but again, you got an umpire standing right there. If, if uh, I mean, Joey Votto gets plunked in the head last night and he's walking towards first base and he's yelling at the Dodgers pitcher. Well, he doesn't get thrown out. Right. Even though the umpires are walking and standing in between. No, because they're players. Well, treat the coaches like players. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. They're all on the field. It, it's a game. They're all a part of the game. Uh, so I, I, I think the, the umpires mishandled that as well. It probably could have been taken care of right there on the field, um, discussed briefly and been done with. But, you know, I, I thought all around it, it, you know, again, in the heat of the competition, the, the heat, heat of the moment, it, it's hard to to say exactly how it's going to go. But I think afterwards, I, I still think it was handled, you know, very well. Um, and and I, I'm not sure it could have been ho- handled a whole lot better. I thought, I thought it was taken care of. And, and again, it just, it teaches us again, there's compassion. We need to have compassion. We need to listen. Um, and we need to choose our words wisely. And, 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 you know, and, and again, I, you know, I saw some stuff on Twitter, you know, political, this and political, it's not political. It's, it's, it's humanity. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, we are, we're, we're here to get along. We're here to, uh, you know, show compassion for each other and, and love. I mean, there's not enough of that going on anyways. I'm a hippie. So, <laughs> <it's all good. laughs> so I, you know, that, that's the, how I feel about that. The one positive thing that comes out of this moment, is that Alyssa Nacken comes out to coach first base. And is she the first woman to ever be an on-the-field coach in a Major League Baseball game? 
She is, yeah. Um, because you have the manager for the New York Yankees and the New York uh, Yankees organization. Um, she is a she is a, a manager, uh, yeah. which is awesome. Um, you know, I, I send all this stuff to my girls. You saw, you know, see pictures of the girls. I send all this stuff to the girls like the next day because they're, you know, they don't sit around and watch baseball with me a whole lot. They do. I mean, when, when we're at baseball games, they ask me questions, which, yeah. is, which is great. So they're asking last night, like the Bach, why did that happen? So I explain it. Um, but, you know, I send that to them and they're like, oh, that's so cool. That's so awesome. Because, it, you know, it, the hopes are that when they're older, when they're in their 20s and 30s, that this is kind of normal i mean that you'll see women in the dugout maybe you'll see women players i mean that you know female players would be so cool because baseball is one of the sports that's very inclusive it's not um you know it's it's not a sport that you know like football where it's like you know this ridiculous amount of testosterone (laughs) you know but who's to say i I mean you could have a a woman playing football as well and i i I don't see why not um but but women playing baseball i mean we've seen it before there's some women that throw you know 80s and 90s i mean why not let's do this it's way past overdue uh okay so then um we fast forward to was it the sixth inning when when Dubon's bunt happened? Uh, that was uh, I want to say that was the seventh. Yeah, it might have been the sixth. The okay, sixth so the seventh. Yeah, Giants yeah. are up ten runs at this mm-hmm. point, and Mauricio Dubon drag bunts his way. Oh, they're and, only oh, up by nine at that point. Oh, okay, nine. <laughs> Mauricio Dubon <laughs> drag bunts his way into a base hit, which now sets off all of these conversations about the unwritten rules of baseball. And you and I, because of how much we played into our adulthood um, at a competitive level, I think we provide a, a pretty interesting perspective because those unwritten rules aren't just major league rules. Those unwritten rules are taught to you all the way from little league through high school, college, and they're not defined. We we don't know exactly what's right and what's wrong, or or, se- or when is it right or wrong. They seem to be established from old timey way, old timey time frames uh, from the beginning when baseball was a lot different than it is now, when the world was a lot different than it is now. So while I was completely fine with the Duggar stolen base, second inning, the the teams can come back from, you know, you got a whole game left to play. If the Padres aren't covering, you know, correctly and you can take advantage and you can continue to, to score, I'm completely fine with that. Um, I had a little bit more of an issue with the Dubon bunt, and and I'll give my I'll give my reasoning, and then you can come in with with your thoughts on it. Yeah. So, I tried to put myself in his shoes. Now, we we pick on him a little bit because he makes goofy mistakes. He's a young guy, but we also root really hard for him because we oh, want yeah. him to be a really good player. To me, when you're up by that much in the sixth inning. The goal is, okay, I don't have to worry about the strategy of this game right now. I kind of get to worry about me. I get to figure out, okay, what does my, bo- you know, what, what my box score look like today? I want to get a hit. 
I want to hit the ball hard. I want to join the parade of my team bashing the ball around the yard. And so in that situation, what I'm trying to do, I'm probably trying to go yard. I'm probably not really caring that much if I strike out that late in the game because, you know, I trust that we're going to win. I'm not going to be irresponsible in any way, but I want to hit the ball hard because I, I, I want to join in, in what's going on. And when he did the drag bunt, you'll hear the term, you know, as we're growing up, people would say, oh, that's Bush League. Oh, that's Bush League. We heard that a lot growing up. Yeah. What does Bush I, League mean? I don't I even heard know. heard that three what, times at the game last night. I don't even know. <laughs> what. I, I literally don't know what the definition or where that reference comes from. But with, with him, like, I wish he would have gone up there and taken three big cuts more so than drop a drag bunt to, to beat it out. Now, there are some people on the side of it saying, well, he needs to get a hit too. The, this stuff counts because, you know, he, it, it counts in what his average look like looks like. It counts, you know, as far as if the Giants are going to keep him up or not. Like, he's got to have some positive things. I think it would have been even better if he doubles into the gap and, you know, and, and, and sits on second base with a hit. I'm not, maybe he's not that confident in his swing right now. And that was the reason. I don't think that they called that. I think that was all on him, but they backed him up, even though maybe he may have told Hosmer differently based on what was reported. So to me, I'd rather see him swing away. Uh, I'd rather see him be confident in that and, and not have to drop the drag bunt because, uh, the the team that you are playing against, um, not to say that they had given up, but you know, soon thereafter we saw Will Myers come in and pitch. So they were close to kind of going like, okay, we're not gonna waste our bullpen. And Cap's whole thing was, well, we want to tax their bullpen. Well, they they didn't allow you to because they took out all their pitchers. <laughs> right. Um, but but that's I, I did have an issue with that. And and I and I hope that we can sort of get some definition. We can clean up you know, what, what is sort of the way that, that, that thing is supposed to be played. Yeah, that, that was a tough one. So again, the steal in the second, it's a seven, nothing ball game. You steal second base. You're in the second inning for yeah. crying out loud. Yep. The game is far from over, especially nowadays. Everybody has a DH. The game is far from over. Um, the bunt, I did, when I first saw it, again, it, like you said, too, because of our youth, because of the way we grew up, when I first saw that, I was like, ooh, <laughs> what's going on here? I mean, yeah. nine-run lead in the sixth inning. But then I started thinking, well, it's only the sixth inning, and I'm going to play off of you. So I was not a power hitter at all. I hit zero home runs in my career, and I played until I was almost 30 years old. And I, I, I had some in-the-park home runs, but I've never hit the ball over a fence. I don't care what ballpark I played in, Little League, all the way through semi-pro, never hit the ball over the fence. I was the get-on-base guy. Yeah. Prided myself on, I'm going to get on base. I don't care how I'm going to do it. In that game, Giants are up by nine. It's the sixth inning. Um, you still have... A pitcher on the mound, not Will Myers. You still have a pitcher on the mound. Mauricio Dubon's job still at that point is to get on base. He got on base. I don't have a problem with it. Um, and and here's where we run into th th the differences. So you say one thing, I say another. Mm -hmm. 
the unwritten rules are ridiculously <laughs> subjective. You know, there, there is a, that, and that's why they're called unwritten. They're very personal. It, it's, it's how do you feel about yeah. what just happened? You can sort you of can, make them up the way that you want because you just yeah. say they're unwritten. You could poll all the players from both dugouts and you're going to get it split. 50-50 on how they felt about that. Well, and and also because, I mean, that's not fair because you also you have half the team, you know, half of those players are on the team that did it. Half the players are on the team that it happened to. Mm-hmm. But if you went around the majors um, and, maybe, and maybe did an age range pool, you know, like, okay, uh, all the guys who are in the minors and up who are between the ages of... 18 and 23, what do you think about it? Okay, all the guys who are, you know, 27 to 40, what do you think about it? And it's going to be one way or the other. And again, I think it's because we're growing into that generation now of the unwritten rules are a little silly. Uh, Pimping home runs 10 years ago would get you a fastball in your head or the next guy a fastball in his head. Nowadays, Shohei Otani... had a fantastic bat flip last night. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. He hit the ball. He just kind of started walking a couple of steps, watching it, and then whew, just flew the flip the bat. You did that a couple of years ago, and you would absolutely get one in your ear hole. So the 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 game is definitely changing. Um, I liked Kapler's explanation of it after the game. Um, I I understand that, and you know some of the talk is like, well, now he's he's tipped his hand as as to what it is that they're going to be doing. It's like, well, it's still baseball. You got to stop it, and, and if it happens to the Giants, you know it, you've got to bunter up, and, and you're down by nine runs. Well, guess what? That guy might bunt. So be ready for it. And, and it helps your defense too. Your defense stays sharp. Everybody stays sharp. You're still on the field. You're, you're still playing the game. If the Padres didn't want to play the game anymore, I wish Bob Melvin would have walked over to Gabe Kapler in the sixth inning and said, you know what? We quit. We're going to go ahead and go home. We're not going to do this anymore. We're down by, yeah, we're, yeah, we're down by nine runs and, and, you know, before you bunt and try to continue to run it up, we quit. Let's go home. No, you're still on the field. You're still playing the game. Yeah. Play. They uh, still shifted, game. right? Like they, they were still shifting. They still they shifting. were still moving outfielders. Yeah. The catcher I, I, was still calling pitches. So I get yeah. it from that perspective. Now, sure. the part of of this scenario is what you just said: the hitting of players. I've gotten hit. On purpose before. It's not oh, yeah. fun. It is, it is very much a machismo thing. And then how do you sell it when you get hit? Oh, you sell it like it doesn't hurt, even if it does hurt. Yeah. And you walk down to first and it's a machismo thing. Again, um, that part of the game should not exist. Uh, pitchers do not bat anymore. So they cannot take the like if, if you're if you're a pitcher and you drill somebody well, you're off scot free because you don't bat. And your teammate is the one that's going to get drilled instead because yeah. of what you did. Now, some people say, oh, he's just doing what, what was told or whatever, or what the, what, what the team wants him to do. That, that part of the game is uh, way too old-fashioned for me. Yeah. needs to be eliminated. And um, I, I would, I, I'm very interested to see how teams play the Giants because if this is Giants-Dodgers and the Giants are up 9-1, and Dubon bunts just because of the rivalry, there may be even more frustration, but it also is going to happen on the flip side, right? Would okay. the giants do that 
against Bumgarner, knowing who Bumgarner is? <laughs> Probably not. But 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 you know what? I, I actually do think they will because because Kapler um, is very straightforward. Yeah. This is what we're doing. Um, and, and, and you and I talked about it too. Now, does that, okay. Say that's game three of the series. Yeah. He's, he's game, talking about winning the series. He wants to extend yeah. these bullpens and win the series. Yeah. So, so that's why in game two, he's like, I want to tax this bullpen because guess what? We play in just over 12 hours from now, again, at 1245, the next day we have Logan Webb on the mound. So our bullpen is probably going to be okay. Uh, they had who Sean Manea on the mound yeah. the next day. So and and he's good. He he has a good track record against these Giants hitters. Um, so they thought, well, l- let's make it interesting and let's see some arms. And then that way, if we do have to see some arms, just over twelve hours from now, we 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 see them. And I love that strategy. Totally get it. And and if that's the way baseball is going, I think that's awesome. That that's another wrinkle in the chess match strategy that baseball is and i'm all for it um and i, and I lost my train of thought i don't know where <laughs> i was going with that yeah, so, oh, so, oh, so if it was the last game of the series right right so right. so now let's say it's the last game of the series do you do that well maybe because again what if the padres are in first place and the giants are in second place and the padres are going to a team that's in first place in the NL Central let's say the cardinals let's say they they're going there next for a tough matchup to St. Louis the next day well maybe they send them there with less bullpen arms cuz the giants are just two games behind them and they're trying to catch them again more chess match playing and I love it. And and so maybe things like that start to happen more often. And I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, 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 that's the question I wanted someone to ask. Yeah. If this was the third game of the series instead of the second game of the series, is do you play that differently? Because I want to hear what his answer is. Yeah. And I think I think he's probably he, he would probably say it, it's situational. And, and and in that situation, that was the perfect time to do it because you Darvish didn't. Did he even get out of the second inning? I'm not even sure. I think he made it to the third and didn't get out of the third inning. Um, but in that situation, you have a chance to see a lot of arms. And finally, Bob Melvin goes, here's Will Myers. <laughs> and then Jock exactly. Peterson gets his first uh, home run of the season a, off Will Myers. A balloon shot. That thing yeah. just goes way up in the air and comes <laughs> down and barely clears the fence. Uh, okay, so, yeah. So, you know, we're, that's something we're going to keep an eye on. Giants-Padres, both teams are expecting to be good. And there could be, you know, some frustration down the down the way. Uh, but it's something we will keep an eye on. Now, uh, the game that you talked about uh, the next day, day game, I love it because I can just throw it on in the background while I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan Webb, the ace, he goes eight innings. He's the first starting pitcher in 2022 to finish the eighth inning. That's kind of amazing. <laughs> we're, yeah. you know, we're a week and a half into the season. Uh, he was dealing that day. I mean, that was a fun one, too, because, again, I have it on in the other room. I could see it from my my work desk, so I'm doing my editing. I'm doing all this stuff, and I'm watching the game. Um, and, uh, man, he was just dealing. It was one of those games that was going so fast, too, mm-hmm. that there were times like I would concentrate on work, and I look back, and I'm like, we're already like another half inning uh, deeper into this game. Uh, and, and 
Luke uh, Sunshine Luke Williams with the uh, <laughs> with the double to drive in yes. the two runs, the only two runs that That's the Giants needed of the day. Only way they scored. Yeah, and then Doval with the 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 uh, tightrope um, <laughs> ninth inning that we're we're starting to see a little bit more of. I was looking at um, uh, save opportunities so far at this point in the season. The Giants are five and two. Uh, Doval has had three save opportunities, and the only other one that has had a save opportunity is Dominic Leone. Yes. And that's because most of the Giants pitchers were taxed that day. I think that was the, uh, was that the Elliot Ramos debut game, right? That's where you got that. That was the, the Sunday Marlins game, I think. Yeah. So that was the only other save opportunity by somebody and he converted it. So, uh, so if there's any question, I think we're seeing Camilo Duvall as the closer very early on this season. All right. So they win that game and then the Giants have not played in Cleveland since 2008. That's crazy. <laughs> um, I think it was, gosh, who was on the broadcast? I was listening to it. Uh, I forget who. who it was, who was Fleming and Estes. Yeah, it, it, was Dave, game, it was Dave Fleming. He was mm-hmm. on the radio broadcast, and he said that uh, the last time that the Giants were in Cleveland, Sergio Romo made his major league debut. And and what did I text you the other night? Uh, Sergio Romo, like two nights ago, just got his 800th appearance. Insane. <laughs> Insane. That is crazy. He's been around for a really long time. Missed that guy, though. I'd love to see him come back at some yeah. point. Yeah. So uh, last night, the Giants beat the Guardians. I didn't screw it up. I didn't call them hey, the Indians. I nice. would have called them the Indians because that's I always forget. Yeah. <laughs> the Guardian, they beat them four to one. Now, when you know Rodon, uh, Carlos Rodon was maybe not as great as Logan Webb, but he was really dang close. He goes, uh, I think he pitched through the seventh, one run, uh, I think only three hits. Uh, let me see what his box, his, his line was uh, two hits, seven innings, two hits, one run, two walks, nine strikeouts. So he has been uh, even better than advertised for the Giants through the first two starts of the season. Yeah. Uh, he throws that rising fastball uh, high in the zone. He's got the breaking ball and really doesn't need anything else. I imagine as the season wears on, he'll probably need to throw a third pitch uh, more so than, than he's doing now. But uh, yeah, just on fire. Giants uh, Giants got to Zach Plesak a little bit. Not a ton, but a, a little bit. And it started off with a Brandon Crawford solo jack. So it's nice to see Crawford get something going there. Uh, he's been He's been struggling a little bit. Uh, then in the sixth, we saw Jock hit a home run off of a real pitcher for the first time this season. <laughs> uh, he, you know, he's got, I mean, you talk about uh, a swing where he gets everything into his swing. Yeah. Like even his follow through is fierce. That's, that's the definition of light tower power, right? I mean, Four, 410, yeah. 106.1 miles per hour off the bat. Jeez. And then the, the Indians, uh, Indians. I just said, <laughs> there you go. Credit. There you did it. I gave myself credit <laughs> for calling them the guardians. Um, Fran Mill Reyes singled to score Jose Ramirez. How fun is it to watch Jose Ramirez hit a baseball? You know what? And and I've been a fan of that dude since the beginning because when when he first burst onto the scene, I 
every fantasy team I had, I grabbed him. And then in any keeper league, I kept him. I tried to trade for him if I didn't have him. He is the one of the most fun, exciting players in Major League Baseball. And when they were talking about possibly getting rid of him and then the Padres were in the mix, I got really, really nervous because he is such a stud ball player. You texted me yesterday and said, how many home runs does he get this series? I said, hopefully zero, but probably <laughs> two. And then, you know, I'm at the game last night and you go, Jose Ramirez hit a double. And I was like, yeah, he's going to get his hits this series. He's going to, but you got to let him get his hits when there's nobody on base. Yeah. And, and as long as they're not rally starters, then that that's going to be good. But, uh, you know, because this Guardians team, they can hit. Yes, uh, and it, they've got up and down the lineup. They got you know a little Stevie Kwan, right? That dude. Yes. Again, I, I. So if people don't know, I think you know this. My my American League secret love team has always been the Indians slash Guardians. Uh, ever since like the the you know mid eighties, early eighties, Major uh, League. Yeah, and and family from Ohio. So it's always okay. kind of been like I I I, I like the the. the the tribe and I like the, the guardians very secretly. Um, and this is a fun team and the AL central is kind of, you know, eh. I mean, (laughs) it's kind of a fight. There's, there's a lot of teams that could do something. The white Sox I know are the favorites, but you know, the guardians could, could absolutely pick, put up a fight. Um, and you've got Tito Francona there as the manager. So, so this was a tough, this is a very tough start to a, a long kind of central East coast trip for the giants. And to get that W last night was huge. I mean, that was, I kept watching, you know, it, it kept looking at the phone and I'm at the baseball game and I'm looking at the the scores and I'm looking at everything else. And I'm like, man, that four, one lead is nice, but uh, you know, be nice to get a, a bigger lead and then close this thing out. Well, it, it was four to one because mm-hmm. in the uh, top of the eighth, Joey Bart uh, hit a hanging curveball, or I don't know if this might have been a slider. Uh, and it, and it, at first, I thought it was off the wall, but when they looked at the replay, it hit the, uh, I guess the yellow, the yellow line, which, which is a home run. Mm-hmm. He crushes it 109.3 exit velocity. Now we had a conversation about Bart because when we were talking to to Roger Munter a couple of weeks ago, we were saying you know how some some prognosticators, some fans are, are down a little bit on Bart as a prospect, um, and one of the reasons is because the, kind of the book on him is you don't really have to throw him a strike because he's going to chase, and we saw that a lot in in the Padres series. The, you you know they were not throwing him strikes and he was chasing and he was getting himself out now some of that is just great pitching like it's not only the fact that he's chasing some you know he yeah it's good pitching on their end but um from the first seven games it looks like how they're pitching him is fastballs up because his eyes get big and if they are out of the zone, he is swinging and, and missing and or breaking balls away and out of the strike zone. Anything that they throw that is in the strike zone, he seems to be crushing. So there's a little bit of a discipline thing there for him. 
and uh, understanding, I guess, and, and Giants coaches are, are on top of this. I'm not saying anything that is like secret information. This is just my, my <laughs> hey, eye test, right? Yeah, I know. I know. They're like, come on. They're like, oh, now we know how to pitch bar. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's, it's cause I, cause I, I wanted to watch him so closely, so I've been paying yeah. a lot of attention to his at-bats. Um, if he can just bring his swing happy zone down an inch and – not be so aggressive at, at, at that first pitch, second pitch, breaking ball. They're going to have to come in because we also saw that he's he he's had some successful at bats where he does not chase and he's he he walks because they know that that he can chase. So if he just lays off, he's going to get better pitches to hit. He's going to get on base because of that and and I think he'll have a much better offensive season but we'll see cuz still so early 7 games in uh they they did have some confidence in him to DH when he was not catching I think that was right. the the Manea game he he that was, DH'd yeah. against uh, the lefty so great stuff to watch I love analyzing it like that too because you know he's a young guy and hopefully he'll be with us for a long time so we'll we'll be able to see how he grows and from from this you know from his rookie season well, and if he hits, let's say at the end of the season, if he were to hit 300 but strike out over 50% of his at-bats, would you be okay with that? Yes. That far down in the order, I would. Because that's what he's doing right now. Yeah. I mean, he's he's hitting 333, and he struck out 10 times in 18 at-bats. Uh, but he has walked four times. Yeah. So, so he is the absolute definition of what a 2022 baseball player is. You get the three true outcomes. You get strikeout, walk, or home run. And that's what you're getting with Barb, but he's hitting over 300s, and, and, and he hit a single last night too. So if he mixes in a single and some other extra base hits, um, he's going to have a phenomenal season. We keep talking about you know the possibility of him being um, rookie of the year in the National League, and I, and I think he's got a real shot at it with him and Seiya Suzuki probably going to be battling that out all, all along. Um, we could have had Seiya Suzuki, by the way. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, you know, that's the hard part, too, is I keep looking and I'll look at the box scores and I'm flipping through them. And, you know, I started doing I, I did that this morning. I'm playing Road to the Show. I wake up, you know, Saturday morning. And I, you know, kind of grab my coffee, start playing Road to the Show. And then I put in front of me also the uh, Apple TV Plus um what it, what do they call it? The the highlight package that they do. It's like an hour and a half long. Yeah, just all the, all the highlights. Yeah, yeah. So I throw in the headphones and I'm and I'm listening to that while I'm watching. And and then you know there's a Suzuki <laughs> highlight. I'm like, God, he could have been in right field for us. He could have been roaming the outfield, left field, center field. I mean, he could have been playing any position for us. But uh, that guy's a stud. He's gonna we we used watch. to grow. We grew up with a lot of players with those outcomes too. Mm-hmm. Dave Kingman. Yes. <laughs> Steve Balboni. You remember oh, Bye Bye Balboni. Oh, man. Yeah. And those are the guys that hit, would hit like 197 <laughs> and then Pete hit in Cavilia. How's Pete that for in, you? In Cav. That guy was, yeah. One the of those Giant, guys. The Giants had their own guy who actually had a halfway few decent seasons with the Brewers, but he was their guy for that. Rob Deer. Rob Deer, yes. And, Rob and Deer. Storman Gorman Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Brewers, yeah, he was another one. Yeah. You know, we so, probably all yeah. the all the kids probably tuned out who are listening to yeah. who are these guys? <laughs> Go look them up. Look them up. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, all right, so uh, Giants are about to play here. As of our recording, about three hours. Yeah. Uh, the podcast of this will be up before that game, but people may not listen until after that game is over. So we'll add this, which is from Evan Wiebeck. He says, interesting nuggets from Giants game notes. If Anthony DiSclefani can give the Giants eight his eighth straight start of two, their eighth straight start of two or fewer runs, they'll match the 2002 rotation for best start in franchise history for starting pitchers. And DeSclafani's career April ERA at 233 is seventh in MLB since 1920. So we were kind of crapping on his start from the other day, saying that it looked like second half disco rather than first half disco. Yeah. And he has an opportunity to give them yet another quality start today. And uh, I would love to see it. Uh, I think, um, you know, being able to have the confidence in your starting pitching that you can go Webb, Radon, and Disco and go into the mid to late innings. Gosh, it takes such, uh, it takes, it it makes your, your, your bullpen arms, you know, it gives them a shot in the arm for when they need you, you need them later when, when you have such confidence in that pitching. And look, they could even, if they do continue to do this, they can get an extra day's rest and just throw a bullpen game because these guys will be yeah. so rested. So uh, that that's great. And then you know coming up with uh, with Wood on Sunday, and uh, and then you know get back to back to Alex Cobb. It was fun watching him throw. That that's sort of the lost thing in that game Tuesday night was <laughs> yeah Cobb was striking guys out and throwing you know mid to high nineties as well. Look look really good. Okay, so the last thing here before we get out of here mm-hmm. is. The little miners recap that we're doing. We we picked two players to follow pretty closely. You picked Hunter Bishop, who mm-hmm. just got his first hit of the season, hitting a robust .59 on the season this year so far. He's going. He's about to turn it on. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> uh, for the hitters, I chose uh, Marco Luciano. He's he's hitting decently as well uh, for the season three three sixteen. I think he's got a bomb or two, uh, but not, you know, he, the, the, the team in general, the, the, the Eugene team is, is struggled a little bit. Mm-hmm. And on the pitching side, you chose the star of last night's game, Kyle Harrison, five innings, two hits, one walk, nine strikeouts. So I'm reading from Roger Munter's, uh, there are giants newsletter, his sub stack. He had mentioned the previous start Harrison's first start of the season, uh, the 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 balls and strikes leaned a little too heavy to uh, you know him missing the plate a lot, mm-hmm. but this seemed like a much better night for Harrison. He walked the opening hitter of the night, missing high with a three two fastball, but he was in the strike zone consistently from that point on. That leadoff walk, it's the only free pass he's issued so far. Staying in the strike zone was a big point of emphasis for Harrison this spring, and he's making big strides on that front. So far, he's he himself has a 50% strikeout rate, he struck out 16 and only faced 32 batters. You picked a good one, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and again, double A, so it's gonna no, take uh, a high, high, a. Oh, sorry, sorry, high A, so it's gonna take him a little bit of time, but I, I think we'll see him in double A in you know, not. Not too long from now. I mean, you're looking at nine innings, 16 strikeouts, and only four hits. If he continues to dominate like that, because um, I, I don't know if this is still the same, but, uh, you know, growing up, we always heard double A 
was the place where you really honed your skills. Mm -hmm. That's why you saw a lot of guys actually make the jump, like Will Clark, double A to the majors, Robbie Thompson. Did did Robbie Thompson even play in triple A? Um, before I, I don't think, think so. I think, I think went, right out of spring training, he made the squad and he never played in AAA. Except there was a m- couple moments where he got hurt and then they, he kind of rehabbed in AAA. But other than that, right. I think it was from AA straight up. And AA back in the day, Clinton, right? The the Clinton Giants, I think I right? Think was was yeah. the AA club where Will Clark and Robbie Thompson played. Um, but yeah, so that that was. W- 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 we used to always hear double A was the place where you hone your skill. Triple A was where you were, you, you know, you were a major leaguer, but you were in waiting to get your shot to come back up to fill in for somebody or whatever else. Uh, but double A, if you were a prospect and you excelled in double A, you were definitely going to be something. It wasn't necessarily that you had to move up to triple A to prove yourself at that point. Uh, I don't think it goes like that anymore. I think if you're in double A and you're crushing the ball and you get up to triple A, you can show some struggles because you're you're facing guys. I mean, I was watching the radar gun last night at at uh, Reno Aces ballpark, and it, 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 you know we're we're seeing ninety five to ninety nine. Yeah, and we're seeing breaking stuff that's like eighty four to ninety. So if you're not going to hit that stuff, then you're certainly not going to hit it when you get up to the majors. Um, if you're not doing it in AAA, but just, yeah, just, Kyle Harris, just just, just a quick thing here because mm-hmm. you were talking about how you know when we're growing up. Will Clark gets drafted out of Mississippi State in 1985. He spends all of 289 plate appearances, not in single A, not in double A. He goes straight to triple A. Oh, geez. So it was triple A. So he did, he did end up playing some triple A. He, so he, in, in uh, late 85, he had almost 300 at-bats in AAA. Okay. 10 jacks, 48 RBIs, 309 batting average, 458 on base, 512 slugging. Peace. And the only other time he played in the minors was uh, in, uh, in 86. I think he was rehabbing an injury, and he went to Phoenix for uh, like six games. Um, so for Thompson... We're talking about Thompson to Clark here. All yeah, that's right. So so uh, so oh okay. So he, here's here's the thing. Sorry, we're, we're, I, I I read this wrong. In 1985, Fresno was a ball. So oh, okay. Will went from a ball to the majors. In, oh, was in, it a ball? So, so uh, skipped Clinton because I believe Clinton was. At the time, the Giants double it. So he skipped that and went all straight up to the main. So Fresno, single A. Mm -hmm. Phoenix, triple A. So he he went from single A, then out of spring training, won the job and and, and was on the Giants. So Robbie Thompson, you mentioned Robbie. It was actually Shreveport is the double A team. Shreveport. That's what Clinton, I think, was. Rookie ball or something. Yeah, that was like rookie or low A. That's right. That's right. So uh, Robbie Thompson. Uh, in 83, he plays at Fresno. In 84, he plays at Fresno. In 85, he plays the full season at Shreveport. So he did not, he skipped AAA. So out of spring training, he, uh, he, he goes from double from A to the big. So that's uh, quite interesting. Do you, know who, do you know who Will Clark's manager was in Fresno in single A in 1985? Was it Dusty? Wendell Kim. Oh, Wendell was going to be my next one. <laughs> Loved Wendell Kim. Fantastic third base coach. 
all right. So, uh, so then, you know, just quickly, we mentioned Bishop. Uh, he finally got a hit. Luciano finally got a hit. Harrison was a stud. And we go to Will Bednar, who had a much better uh, second start. His fastball was back in the 94-95 range. He didn't hit anybody like last time. And uh, struck out the side in his final inning, uh, which was the fourth. And he ended up with his box score was uh, four innings, two hits, one run, five strikeouts. So he was back as uh, one of their top, you know, he, he was back a, a, as a top prospect guy that you would expect. So, yeah, for sure. Good to, good to see both the, uh, both the starters now we can wake up the bats a little bit. I you know, know, our, our, uh, our, our buddy Artiaga at San Jose, you know, hasn't really heated up yet. He's starting to pick it up a little bit. Um, when it when it comes to uh, the the double A or the the high A team, uh, Santos is, is hitting uh, four hundred. Uh, Paul Maris is hitting one fifty four. Patrick Bailey is hitting two twenty two. Very early, of course. And then at double uh, A, um, Will Wilson hit a home run as their only run for the double A team. But yeah, it doesn't. There's not really in you know, none of these guys are really hitting crazy well uh, yet uh, as you saw last night you know lots of right. low batting averages so far well and, and it's still early in the season you're going to go to a lot of places like for like uh like reno where it's just cold i mean you're playing on a very cold night to, today i don't know if you can see in the background it is windy as hell again today and mm. it's a four o'clock start and the wind is supposed to get worse as the day goes on so it's going to be another one of those days where you just don't know what you're going to get um you know, Elliot Ramos last night played left field. Uh, so it was great to see him. Uh, he's a spark plug on the base paths. I, I can tell you that. And, and I'm excited actually more so for when he comes up to watch his speed again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, scoring on that on that double from first base was just so much fun to watch when he was up with the Giants. And then last night. He hit a rocket up the middle for a base hit and was at first base. Uh, they threw over a couple of times, and as soon as he jumped back up and they threw the ball back to the pitcher, he jumped off the base two or three big, <laughs> huge leap hops and got always, out there. I always hated facing guys like that. <laughs> yeah, and that was me. I loved being on the base paths, getting on base. Being a spark plug, jumping around, fiery. Because you know, I, I, when I played, I was only like 170 pounds at five eight, so I could easily move around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it was fun. And he tracked down a couple of deep fly balls in left field, left center field last night. Again, like I said, very big ballpark, so it was fun to watch him, um, you know, scoot around and do his thing. And and Archimedes Gamboa had. I was going to ask you about him. We, you very, finally got to see him. He got the biggest ovation from me after he got his base hit than anybody else in the ballpark. Very excited. <laughs> Archimedes Gamboa podcast. Maybe we'll change the name from Thompson hey, and Clark to Archimedes Gamboa podcast. All right. So uh, we, are, we are done. Like I said, this is going to be our show for the full week unless something crazy happens. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, good stuff for Brad. I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.